0: But I know that these ideas can actually be in more places and access a lot more people. So we're hard at work then on expanding the Meow Wolf universe and developing new portals that are non-physical.
1: I'm Andrew Goldstein, and this is The Art Angle, a podcast from Art.net News, where the art world meets the real world, bringing each week's biggest story down to Earth. The company's origins are the stuff of legend. A scrappy band of Santa Fe artists with a penchant for building fantastical installations writes down random words on slips of paper. They draw two from a hat, thus christening themselves Meow Wolf. This weekend marks the opening of the fourth permanent Meow Wolf exhibition, located in a shopping mall in Grapevine, Texas, Featuring a story conceived by Wisconsin sci-fi author Lashawn Wanock and worked by 30 Texas artists, the exhibition, called The Real Unreal, transforms a former Bed, Bath & Beyond into an expansive art playground. Like the House of Eternal Return, Meow Wolf's first permanent location, the new installation appears to begin in the real world in an ordinary suburban house. But then the mundane trappings of family life quickly give way to the strange and unfamiliar, the boundaries between reality and fantasy, blurring and disappearing. What's new is that the real Unreal is the company's first step in tying together the disparate sites and their interdimensional narratives, which are obsessively dissected in online message groups by Meow Wolf's devoted fan base, to create a single master narrative or universe. And while you still may not have heard of Meow Wolf, you probably will soon, because the company is poised for explosive growth. Under the guidance of CEO Jose Toloza, who came over from Viacom in 2022, the punk art collective turned art and entertainment production company has plans to bring its spectacular artistic vision to a city near you, and also to create new ways for you to engage with its unique otherworldly storyline from the comfort of your own home. That's right. What started out as a crazy art funhouse fueled by maker culture has struck upon a business model that is primed to become an entertainment juggernaut. Ahead of the public opening in Texas, Artnet News senior writer Sarah Cascone spoke with Toloza not only about the company's epic world-building ambitions, but about staying true to its roots. So forget about the metaverse. The Meow Wolf's handmade universe, at once artisanal and high-tech, is about to blow your mind.
2: Hi, Jose. Thanks so much for joining us on The Art Angle.
0: Thank you, Sarah. It's great to be here with you.
2: Congratulations on the opening of the new Meow Wolf grapevine. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what they can expect if they visit the new Meow Wolf and how it ties into existing properties, especially the original Santa Fe location, the House of Eternal Return?
0: Yes, absolutely. Listen, we're super excited about these fourth and our latest portal chapter in this Meow Wolf universe. And every new exhibition that we open is another opportunity to open a new chapter, another portal. And in no smaller way, this is another entry into that universe. Incredibly exciting. It's also a house. There's also a story about a family that takes you from the known to the unknown. And it's in that unknown where you always find a connection, not only to the storytelling, but then you find very rich artistry and interactivity to the one that all of our fans have become accustomed. I would say that this exhibition actually incorporates all the learnings that our original artists have gone through through the last number of years, but also our newer ones. And I think anybody who visits Meow Wolf in Grapevine will be completely blown away with what we have done here. So we're incredibly excited about what we have to offer.
2: Yeah, having just experienced it, it's truly beautiful and exciting and just a whole world to explore, or multiple worlds, both the real and unreal.
0: Right, that's the name, the real unreal. And as we said before, it takes you from some things that are real and very quickly takes you to these unknown places, which are the things that actually made Meow Wolf very popular over the years.
2: And so this is the first location of Meow Wolf to open under your leadership. You became CEO at the beginning of last year. And I understand when you were first approached about this role, you hadn't visited any Meow Wolf locations. I would love to know kind of what your first impression of Meow Wolf was, how that compared to other art museums and art experiences that you've had as a visitor. What convinced you that you wanted to take this job?
0: Well, it's been a wonderful journey since I joined, as you mentioned, it's been now about 18 months. And this is the first exhibition that I am opening as CEO, but it almost doesn't feel that way because I've been so immersed into the absolute brilliance of our artistry throughout these 18 months. And I would say that was the major driving factor. I saw in here a team of brilliant artists from all types of backgrounds and skills. And I would say that's our major asset, right? That's what propels us forward. And What impressed me the most when I first visited a Meow Wolf was how unique it was. I had never seen something like it since I learned that there's very important ingredients, I would call them, into what goes into a Meow Wolf. I would say, at first, it's just incredible talent, that artistic brilliance that I was talking about. The second thing that goes in is that what holds these artists together, which is an amazing culture that we put a lot of effort and money to sustain the third is something that we have actually been improving through time and will continuously improve which i would say is a process that we put around that artistic brilliance ultimately all these artists come together to blend in a unique combination of first artistry second storytelling and third interactivity or technology in really unique ways and i would say that it's a combination of those six things the talent the culture the process who then grabs artistry, storytelling and interactivity to produce some amazing, amazing results that you see today through our four exhibitions.
2: I did a few studio visits. It was really exciting and cool to get to visit the artists and see where they were devising some of the ideas for their pieces here at Grapevine. And there are, I think, 30 Texas artists who have collaborated to the exhibition. But one of the things that kept coming up from these artists is that they felt like it was fate that they were part of this exhibition that things had just fallen into place and were meant to be and i think it's kind of cool that meow wolf was founded in 2008 and that's when you started your previous job at viacom where you were until last year you had this very different corporate career that kind of ran in tandem with this crazy art collective that was doing all these exciting unique things I wonder how your career at this like Fortune 200 entertainment conglomerate that has all these major television channels, MTV, Nickelodeon, Comedy Central, how did that prepare you for the CEO position here at Meow Wolf? And on the other side, like what was the steepest learning curve kind of switching from this corporate environment to this company that has this origins in like punk art and music?
0: I would say Viacom prepared me really well for Meow Wolf. But I remember joining in 2008 Viacom, and Viacom was a corporate entity. And underneath that corporate entity, there was a division called MTV Networks. And MTV Networks was led back then by people who wanted to break all rules and change the world. These are people that came in from through the ranks of early, early MTV, early Nickelodeon. And they had then their own divisions underneath, MTV, Nickelodeon, Comedy Central, as you're mentioning. And I think what I learned through the years at Viacom was that element of what I was telling before, right? MTV networks had its own culture that made the place. And I came to realize 15 years ago that what holds artists together has to be a common culture. They need to come in every day and be fed by the same passion to do things together. Every artist can do things individually. So you got to have something that brings them together to create something much bigger than they could do on their own. And that got really ingrained in me. When I first became exposed to Meow Wolf, again, I saw a lot of amazingly talented artists that were being held together by something that went beyond any one of them individually. That was the biggest spark for me, that there was the foundation here, the most difficult thing to get in any artistic entity was that, in my opinion. It's not easy to kind of get together one day and say, let's get a group of artists together and create something amazing, right? It takes years and years and years of developing it. And I don't think it was a steep learning curve for me, to be honest, because I came in here with that portion very clear in my mind and slowly tried to get to know the artists, develop relationships, understand them, listen to them, and see how we could make these plays better every single day from what it was. And I think ever since I joined 18 months, at least at a high level, that's what I would envision, that myself and each one of our managers are simply trying to make this company, this culture better every single day. And if we do that, if we succeed at doing that, I think we're going to continue to do great things.
2: And obviously Melwolf had a lot of irons in the fire when you came on board, you know, the Texas locations here in Grapevine and opening sometime next year in Houston have been in the works for many more years than has been publicly known. So obviously like there were things that were already in motion or being considered? What kind of new approach have you taken since becoming CEO? And how do you see Meow Wolf competing moving forward with maybe some of the giants in the experience economy, like companies like Disney that are doing this on like a huge scale?
0: Yeah, well, the first thing is that I make it clear to all of the management in the company that we only compete with ourselves, right? Because there's nothing like us. So as long as we continue building what we know, and making it continuously better, there's really no competition. And that's really important and a really privileged position, I would say, to be at. But well, we have done a ton in the last 18 months. The first thing is that we've staffed up uh, incredibly and given a lot more resources to our creative core. We strengthened our creative core in many different ways. We've installed the right processes, the right systems. We've instituted better compensation structures, worked on our culture as I was mentioning before. I think that we have progressed significantly within our creative engine. At the same time, we've invested in our support staff, technology, finance, legal, HR. Since I arrived, I hired, I think it's seven senior management positions. And these are all people that come in with incredible experience and talents, but also people that deeply understand the meow of culture, the creative sensitivity of the company, social purpose. And they have helped me build great support structures along so many areas. And that must be felt to the broader employee base in so many ways, right? From the moment you come into the company, you have an entirely new onboarding process to a benefit structure, um, to logging into systems and just doing your daily life. Hopefully it's a lot better. We have also then charted out, together with a management team, an ambitious growth path one of the things that i've always discussed with the team since i joined is that our greatest value of course is our artists but our greatest value in what we produce is not a physical representation of Meow Wolf. it's all in the ideas of what we do and because it's in the ideas of what we do your value Meow Wolf artists can transcend physical spaces. If you develop a story for a Vegas exhibition or a sculpture for a grapevine exhibition or you do some, you know, original music for our Santa Fe exhibition, your artistry is locked in for however number of people can visit these exhibitions. But I know that these ideas can actually be in more places and access a lot more people. So we're hard at work then on expanding the Meow Wolf universe and developing new portals that are non-physical portals. So we'll be launching an app later this year. We're going to have a pilot VR game that's also going to appear later this year. And we're already making plans for next year, announcing entering into graphic novels and role-playing games. So those are four simple examples of how the Meow Wolf artistry can live in so many new places.
2: We're in this age of reboots and sequels where Hollywood really relies on something they call it pre-awareness. They want their audiences to already be familiar with the story and the brand. And what's really exciting about Meow Wolf is that you've developed this small but really dedicated devoted audience that is so invested in this story that to date you can only experience up until this week By going to Santa Fe, to Denver, to Las Vegas, and yet people are really all in. It's really fascinating and, I think, unique that it requires a pilgrimage to discover this universe, and yet people are, like, can't get enough.
0: Totally. And this relates back to what you were asking me earlier of of what I saw, and I also saw that, right? I I saw fandom. It was a small entity back then, right? Barely three exhibitions, two that had just opened. But I did see as I traversed each one of these places that people were engaging with Meow Wolf in ways that they would only engage with other places that had real fandom. And I could go online and go on Reddit, they would all come back to this concept. People are deeply engaging with this, their fans, there's true potential for fandom. And you cannot create that out of nowhere you almost walk into that. And I think I walked into that here at Meow Wolf. This group of artists who got together had created this amazing place for such a long time. I needed to really understand what it was about. And I needed to nurture, right? The biggest values that held them together to propel us to go forward. And I think that's how everything starts, right? Marvel at some point started as a comic book company, right? And developing characters one by one. And at some point, nobody knew Marvel. And they slowly but surely started developing a fandom and expanding from there. So I think that there's certainly the elements in here to really expand this universe and reach a lot more people, have a lot more fans. As long as we're focused on the universe, as long as we're focused on what makes our artists be fulfilled, be happy, as long as we're focused on what makes our culture unique, I know that universe will expand In tremendous ways, and our artistry will grow, and our fandom will grow with it.
2: But when you have this kind of epic interdimensional narrative that you're building from scratch, like there's got to be challenges to make sure that you're having cohesive storytelling, especially when you're building permanent exhibitions. You know, there'll be things added to them, but the story will be kind of static, and people aren't going to necessarily visit exhibitions you don't want there to be like a linear order what are the challenges in making sure that it's going to be enjoyable for audiences from any entry point
0: i think there's a couple things in there the first thing is that yes our storytelling and our artistry our universe is non-linear and i saw that as incredibly attractive to me when you look at old media legacy media it was really defined by the way that it could be distributed It could only go in one direction. It could only be told to audiences. Because it had to be told to audiences, it had to go in order. It had to go episode by episode, season after season. And that's the way we all grew up. But we know that the younger generations, particularly Gen Z and later, they're engaging with media and entertainment in entirely new ways. They're migrating to media forms that have two elements that are very important. One, is that those mediums are nonlinear and that those mediums allow for immersion, for agency, for participation. And when I walked into Meow Wolf, I saw that it had those elements of nonlinearity and agency. And I knew therefore that we could actually not only look forward to something that was incredibly creative, that had an established fandom, but it was already pointed in the right direction with where entertainment is going. And this was only the physical representation. As we talked before, I think we have ambitions here of how these universe can actually extend beyond the physical. Now, the second thing is that, yes, we need a very good process. And that's not always easy. To develop anything from physical exhibition to the content's going to go in the app to the graphic novels, you need a process because you need a team of artists to come together to develop something. And that's something that we put in a lot of work. One of the things that I've instituted that's not necessarily... The easiest way to go forward is that there's no chief creative officer in the company. There's not one person calling the shots. I've instituted something called the Creative Council. The Creative Council is a group of leaders that come together to review all of the artistry that's gonna come out from a physical or non-physical perspective. Actually, a company like Pixar is one that also had a council. And it's through that process, I think that we maintain the cohesiveness of where everything has to go. Now, the last thing I'll say, nothing should ever be dictated, even from a Creative Council perspective. I look at the Creative Council as providing sandboxes to artists who then come in and develop fully from within. So every single expression of the Meow Wolf universe is defined first by a sandbox that creates some cohesiveness over a long period of time but then it's the brilliance of our artists that comes in and creates entire what's going to happen within that sandbox from every single asset that we are creating, be it an exhibition in Grapevine, one in Houston, or whatever is going to be in the app or whatever is going to be in every new medium.
2: It sounds like the scale is just continuing to grow I've only visited Denver and here, but the amount of detail is just mind-boggling. And I wonder if you could give our listeners a sense of how many people are involved in conceiving and building a new male wolf location and the wide variety of roles. It's not just the artists, there are sound designers, engineers, it just goes on and on.
0: The main element is a creative engine. There's probably around 150 of our artists that work this exhibition then as we have mentioned, there's probably another 40 external artists that we've hired to work with us here because we have these very big local component of partnering with local artists and the local community as we have become known for and is something very important, right? Our social purpose. But as you were mentioning, there's also tens of additional employees who have in some way or another something to do with bringing this exhibition to light. And that's not even to say the vast number of third parties that are also involved they're not meow employees they're not local artists that we've hired for this exhibition but these are companies that we've hired to help in many respects build these exhibitions. So ultimately what I'm getting to is that the impact that every single Miawu exhibition has it's hundreds and hundreds of employees, people that we are, Supporting, giving work to, and that ultimately hopefully feel very proud of the final work.
2: The Meow Wolf business model really has the potential to allow artists to make a living from their art, which is so great. I wonder as the company grows, you know, there's kind of that tension between that original mission and your status as a B corporation. How do you kind of balance that with your responsibilities to investors who have put in tens of millions of dollars to the company and the financial bottom line? How do you kind of continue to satisfy both ends of the business?
0: It's something that it's at the heart of who we are and how I think about business. I brought in here from the moment I joined a stakeholder mentality manage this business. And when you're managing a stakeholder mentality, you actually need to balance the interests of your shareholders and your employees and your artists and the community and so many others. And this is a belief that you can actually create the most successful company by actually establishing that balance. And our shareholders think the same way. Our employees have come to also think the same way. There's no counterbalancing element to be had here. It's all in combination. We all understand that we are pursuing that purpose. We want to make life for artists a lot better. We want to make life for our customers a lot better. We want to make life for the artists that we hire in every community better. We want to make our community significantly better. And ultimately, if all of that is done and we're fulfilling and we have a better social purpose, I think we'll also have a better business. And as we have a better business, it will simply give us even more resources to do all those things that I just mentioned. So those two things are rightfully in balance and it's working out great so far and expected to continue to be working.
2: Of course, there's been unionization at the company. And I know that there was one of the artists from Santa Fe, Lauren Adele Oliver, started a lawsuit because she felt that she didn't receive a promised artist revenue share for her piece there. Can you tell us a little bit about how the unionization efforts have gone. I understand that Denver formalized their union last month, and I'm wondering what the kind of payment model for the artists is.
0: Those are, I think, two separate things. First, the unionization process. Yeah, there was a unionization process that was finished early last year. In Santa Fe, there was one in Denver that was finalized recently. I see the union as our partners, right? We listen to the union and they contribute meaningful things for the company going forward, but our non-unionized employees also contribute very meaningful things to the company. To me, it's one woof. We're all in this together, union and non-union. We need to be listening to all of our employees. We need to have great managers who manage union employees and non-union employees in a great way, who make them feel part of this great project, who drive... Every single employee to wake up every day wanting to come to work, right? What can we do to make this a great place to work? And I'm entrusting all of our managers to do that. So I speak to our employees as one, right? And of course, I think the Denver unionization process went a lot better than the prior one that preceded me, it took a lot less and hopefully is allowing us then to move forward. Regarding the case that you mentioned, I think that there's an active legal case that I can't really comment on that, but I want to make this place be an amazing place for all of our employees by default to all of our artists. And that's what we're focused on.
2: For artists now who are collaborating, what is the payment process for them?
0: There's a lot of artists that work with us, right? And I think that it's almost a choice per person. If you want to become an employee of Meow Wolf, which I would hope it's one of the most amazing propositions to any artist out there, there's a structure of payment just as a Meow Wolf employee and you would get compensation, and you would also get benefits, and you get security, and you get all the things that come with coming to work at with every single day that hopefully are not only financial, right? And you also get the opportunity to work on amazing artistry year-round. And I would hope that that value proposition to whoever artist wants to come work that way is adequate. Now, we also employ many artists on a project-by-project basis, right? And We come to agreements on on every single project, and there is something that they deliver, and then there's payment that goes back. But that's not unlike any other project out there in the economy. So to me, I would love to give flexibility to any artist to work in any motor fashion that they want to work with us, either as an employee, which entails some benefits and and some requirements, or on a project-by-project basis, right, where we're just paying you for a defined period of time that you're going to come work for us for something in particular, but there's no necessarily security that there's something to come after that you're going to be engaged doing artistry for the whole year. And that might work for some people. The other element might work from some other people. I think that with every single exhibition and with everything that we are doing, we're materially impacting the lives of the people who choose one mode of working with us, and the other. Ultimately, we're bringing to the artist community something that they didn't have before.
2: And every artist that I've spoken to this week has had such great things to say about the process and the creative freedom that they've felt to work within the sandbox. As you mentioned, it's been really cool to see how positive the experience has been for them.
0: Well, that's my hope, right? And that's always strive for every day and not everything will always be perfect and as I tell my team right something's not working if we stumble somewhere we'll go out and fix it we can't be always doing the right things and that's how we get better right but that's our focus that's what we want to do so it's actually comforting to hear that you were hearing that from our artists that's what I would hope for that's what I strive for that's what my whole team strives for
2: and even as Meow Wolf has grown it, it's still being designed and built by artists and it still has these handcrafted details so i'm wondering what keeps meow wolf meow wolf as a unique creative force and not some kind of like generic art factory even with an influx i think you said there was a whole bunch of new leadership positions that have come in under your tenure in the last 18 months like what keeps meow wolf's heart and soul intact even as it enters these new phases
0: yeah our glue is our culture Our culture is what holds us together. Our culture is our filter when hiring people from the lowest level to the highest level, right? So, either people who would report to me, they would go through the culture filter because if they're going to manage people, I need to understand that they're going to do it in a way that's consistent with what we want to achieve. I think our culture, you know, from hiring, for example, then you can go to how people are onboarded processes and systems are put in place. They're all culture consistent, how we talk to people with transparency, sending out emails weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, holding company meetings in a way that we are able to share what's going on so that people know what's going on in the company. People feel included, feel vested in everything that's happening. All of that is going through the filter of our culture. So I would say that's ultimately what holds us together. That culture then also provides the freedom to artists to do what they want to do within that sandbox. And that's always important, right? Because I could go back to what I was saying before. If I had dictated that there would be a chief creative officer and chief creative officer was deciding everything we were going to do, how would an artist feel with a lot less freedom, with a lot less liberty to express themselves, right? But part of our culture is having this belief that we are simply depositing these steps towards the future, and that us ultimately the freedom that we give to our artists to determine ultimately where we're going to go. Those sandbox, by the way, I think produce the most unique things, right? The new characters, the new sculptures, the new music. It's not dictated. It comes out from amazing people that feel vested in this project and that are enabled to do their best work within that time box that's where the unique things come from
2: we talked about that there's going to be an app there's going to be uh game graphic novels but i know earlier this year you also spoke at the economic forum of albuquerque and you said that you could see up to 15 or even 20 new meow wolf locations both across the u.s including coastal Areas, maybe New York, which would be very exciting for me as a New Yorker and also internationally. So, can you give us any sneak peek, any glimpse of the future, what that possible future might look like for after Texas expansion is completed next year?
0: Yeah, as we discussed before, the expansion into Texas was being worked on by the time I joined. So, I think the next exhibition after Houston will start having some imprint of what we have decided after and how we had charted the strategy. But yeah, I think there's enough runway to see, you know, 15 to 20 and maybe more exhibitions inside the U.S. And then there's major capitals around the world that have amazing cultural heritage and incredible artistry. Some of the requirements, right, it's being in places that have those elements, but also places that bring in a significant number of people from different realms that just like we do appreciate diversity, and kind of get together to create something amazing. So in terms of the U.S., yeah, I would see us hopefully being more coastal, hopefully being in New York, for sure. That's of interest to both of us. It's an amazing city, right? Incredibly diverse with incredible heritage and artistry. I can't say right now exactly where we're going to go next. We're already working in three different cities that I hope to have lined up pretty soon, and then we'll announce them in order as to where we're going to go next.
2: I did want to touch on the expansion to Texas. I know there was some concern given the state's politics, particularly in regard to the LGBTQ community and women's health care. What do you say in response? Why is it important for Meow Wolf to be here?
0: I think it's important for Meow Wolf to be in so many places, and Texas is super deserving. We're extremely happy to be here. I think those things that you're mentioning have a lot to do with politics, but Meow Wolf is an entity that's above politics. It's an entity that appeals to the deepest things that make us human. Politics come and go. Politicians come and go. People always remain. And there's a lot of people in Texas that need Meow Wolf, that I know would be fans of Meow Wolf. And I think these two cities, both Dallas and Houston, are incredibly diverse with very rich histories. We're going to see ourselves very warmly welcomed. We've already had a great experience with the welcoming that we had here in Grapevine, and we're looking forward to the same thing in Houston. I think we're going to be better off ourselves for being in Texas, and I think Texas will be also better off for me of being here.
2: It can be a welcoming force for members of the LGBT community that maybe don't feel that they have a place here. It can be a reminder.
0: Meow Wolfs are open spaces. They're welcoming spaces to every single human. And, and in that sense, we look to, of course, be partners here of that community and help them incredibly, for sure.
2: And the other thing about Dallas, which I think is a little bit different than, I haven't been to Santa Fe personally, but than Denver and Las Vegas is that there is such a deep-rooted art community, there's such wealthy, dedicated collectors, there's really world-class museums here, and I know Meow Wolf wants to bring art to the 99%, make art accessible, and bring it to a community that maybe doesn't necessarily think that there's a place for them in the art world, and make art fun and accessible. So I wonder, in coming here, do you think that there's a way for Meow Wolf to also appeal to the upper echelon of the art world, or is that even something that you... Are interested in doing?
0: Not sure I necessarily think about that too much. We are creating our own artistry. We've been successful at creating our own artistry. And, and I would think that our artistry is for everybody. For the 10%, the 80%, and the 99 and the 1%. I don't see these things as being mutually exclusive. If you are part of the very elite art world, I'm sure you can enjoy plenty what you see in Mia Wolf. And hopefully, as we have established since our beginnings, even if you feel that that elite artist world is not accessible to you, we hopefully want to show you that art is within anybody, right? Who's to dictate what art is? It's certainly within everybody, right? And so hopefully we're motivating a lot of people. We're motivating a lot of artistic souls out there that would not otherwise not be motivated if there wasn't um, Mia Wolf. And we're bringing a lot more artistry to the world. I don't look at groups being mutually exclusive regarding who can our fans be.
2: What would you say to maybe some people who might come from a more traditional art background who might question the artistic value of Meow Wolf? And what sets this apart from maybe other aspects of the experience economy and like pop-up museums that are mainly just kind of like a succession of fun photo ops?
0: The combination of art storytelling and interactivity that we have, the blending together in in a highly synergistic way is something that has never been done before. Every time you come out of a Mia Wolf and people ask, how would you describe it? The first thing people would say, it's really hard. You just got to go and visit for yourself. Our artists, the way they have come together, the way that we have established our process continues to produce that very original, very unique output that we need to, by the way, keep pushing the envelope and keep innovating as well. Every single Meow Wolf should aspire to be bigger and better than the prior one. I know everybody is fully vested in that. So sometimes I tell people, put Disney World with Burning Man and the Guggenheim Museum together into one. Put this unique artistry, this unique interactivity and the storytelling together in entirely new ways. And we're going to be a genre by ourselves, essentially.
2: It's like you took art from the White Cube and then added a whole bunch of other stuff around it. You That's know?
0: awesome. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to use
2: that. It's just like totally a maximalist approach and it's just so exciting.
0: We're very, very excited. You know, I'm saying these couple days out from opening, but I know we're going to hit it out of the park again here in Grapevine, just like we did in the prior three.
2: As Malwolf has grown and attracted fundraising, how are you kind of planning the business to expand and how are the existing locations and their finances connected or separate from the future projects?
0: So Meow has raised private funds in the past. I think we've raised over 250 million dollars. Last time we raised money was around 2020. Just one description of how things work. In every single location we partner with the landlord, right? So there's a landlord that owns the land, owns a building and delivers a building to us. And then we lease that property for the long term. So we're not putting capital into land. We're not putting capital into buildings. Our capital is really going to the artistry that goes inside. The last time we raised was in 2020. We haven't had to raise money since. I think we'll raise some additional funds to continue funding our expansion as we go forward. And we'll make decisions as to how exactly we're going to do that and when exactly we're going to do that. But I think it's fair to say that we see a path in the not too distant future, hopefully, where we could then be, at some point, be self-funded. But on the journey to get there, we'll need to probably raise some more additional capital.
2: What do you see as the growth possibility for the rest of the year? Like, how big do you see it getting and how quickly?
0: I think we'll keep on doing, hopefully, one exhibition per year. At some point, we'll go international. We'll do some of these other forms that I mentioned. Some of these other forms, like the app, the role-playing games, and so forth, are lower capital intensity endeavors. They don't require significant capital. Our growth will be what it needs to be. It's hard to measure if we're going to be 2,000 employees by a particular day or 3,000 by a different day. So I'd rather not be speculating what that can be. But we'll continue the same pace. I think within the last year, we probably grew by about 300 or 350 employees, for example. Over 150 of that number are here, for example, in Grapevine, right? So every time we open a new exhibition, we need to hire 150, 200 new employees that are going to be operating the exhibition. On top of that, we'll probably grow 100 and something more on the corporate side, which includes creative people and also support services as well.
2: Well, that sounds great. It sounds like a recipe for success, and I'm excited to see what comes next.
0: Thank you, Sarah. It's been great to be here with you today.
2: Yeah, well, we're so happy to have had you on The Art Angle, and we uh, encourage everyone to go check out the new Meow Wolf, The Real Unreal in Grapevine, just outside Dallas, and to check out the existing exhibitions in Denver, Las Vegas, and Santa Fe.
0: That's Need, Thank you.
1: That's it for this week's episode of The Art Angle. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Also, take a moment to rate and review us. It will help other listeners discover what we're doing. The Art Angle is produced by Sonia Maniloli, Tim Schneider, and Caroline Goldstein. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.